this morning, join us as Pastor Rob asks us the question, did you get what you wanted for Christmas? And I racked my brain, and I couldn't think of one Christmas that I was really wanting something specific. So I called my mom, and I, said, and, and I asked her the same questions, and she racked her brain. She goes, I don't remember any of the kids really doing that. You know, this year, Mom, can I please? So we did it differently in our house. We, whatever came, was we were really grateful for. It was something we actually just appreciated. We didn't have high expectations. We didn't have high dollars in our house. And so we didn't have a lot of expectation, and we always had wonderful, wonderful Christmases. Now, other, other families do it differently. Um, I know families that go to the store together, they buy the gifts for each other that they're going to wrap and put under the tree. You know, have you, any of you met, met those, those? And it's nothing, for, I, I, I have to say this because it's hard to even say it. There's nothing wrong with that if that's how it works with you. For me, that's very strange. But, but what's nice about that is you don't have to spend money on a present that somebody's not going to like. You know, so, so there's, but there's no surprise in that either. I like the surprise in, in the giving. So we, we come to this thing, did you want the right things? There's been times gearing up for something. Maybe it was a birthday or an anniversary or Christmas or, or saving your money. And you had your heart set on whatever. You know, maybe it was a motorcycle if you were a guy or or, you know, what, whatever it was. You, and you just had your heart set on and you finally get it. And it just doesn't do what you thought it was going to do. Amen? You know, you, and, and, you, and it's, it's amazing. Because up until the moment you actually got it, you thought this was it. Maybe it was a job. Maybe it was a relationship. But... But you thought this was going to be it, and you, and you get it, and it's, it's double disappointing because you've worked hard or waited long, and there was sacrifice, whether it was yours or somebody else's, and, and you go, oh. You know, sometimes it's because maybe a friend or a neighbor or somebody else got something different, and that, you know, one eye, the green-eyed, you know, monster rises up and went, you know, I, I didn't want this. I want that. Some of you are smiling. <laughs> Been there, done that. Did you want the right things? It's a great question. As we're going into the new year, it's a great time. We, we tend to do this, um, make New Year's resolutions, make promises that we'll, pl- we'll break by January 15th. No, but we, we, we are thinking, what do we want differently? We come to the end of the year and we're taking an inventory of our lives often. And, and that's a good thing to do because we, we have to question how we're living and what we're living for. Are you wanting the right things? Now, the dilemma comes in another question. How do you know if what you're wanting is the right thing? Because you wanted this, and it didn't work out. And then you wanted that, and whether you got that or not, that might not have been it either. And, and when you wanted this, this was the right thing. 
We, we don't usually want the wrong thing. We don't think it's wrong. Maybe until later. So how do you tell if what you're wanting is the right thing? As we go on this morning, it's kind of the journey in helping us to make those decisions in a, in a better way, more properly. I want to talk about a man who set up the stage a little bit. And you'll, some of you will be familiar with this. They're going to watch a video clip here in just a moment, just a couple minutes. He wanted time. He just wanted some time. Who wants more time? In fact, if that could be a gift to give away, uh, if somebody could give me time, I would like time. And he didn't have enough time, and he had a hobby. He had a desire to do something with his time, and he just felt robbed. And he says, if there could just be some more time, life would be good. Let's watch this video clip and see how it works for him. There should be sound with that. Works of Dickens, collected works of George Bernard Shaw, poems by Browning, Shelley, Keats, great dramas of the world, books, books, all the books I'll need, all the books, all the books I'll ever want, Shelley, Shakespeare, Shaw. All the books I want. All the books. Oh. January, February, March, April, May. This year, the next year, and the year after, and the year after that, and the year after that. of all is there's time now there's all the time i need and all the time i want time 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 ah there's time enough at last Mr. Bemis survived a nuclear bomb. He's the only one left on Earth, and now he's got all the time in the world. 
And that's what he thought he wanted. It doesn't turn out too good for him. He's alone. He went, went into, the, uh, into the bank vault, right, to, so he could read. Yeah, yeah. Happened to be in the bank vault when the bomb goes off. His, uh, yeah. Jim, could you get these lights back on? I'm sorry. Get to him. It's the push button one. Yeah, push it. There it is. Great. You know, how do you know if what you're wanting is the right thing? He, you know, in the, in the show, and, and I loved the Twilight Zone. I just, you know, every Thanksgiving we'd watch it as a marathon. And, and um, I, because of Netflix, I still put it on and watch it. And I even got my daughter Madeline. She likes Twilight Zone, which is really weird. But, uh, but you know, the, the, the show would bring up these, these questions. And, you know, he just... His wife wouldn't let him read, and his boss wouldn't let him read. How dare they? He just wanted some time. Just give me some time with my books. How do you know if what you're wanting is the, is the right thing? And that's, that's a great place to start. I'm going to talk about three different people or groups of people in the Bible, and there's others who wanted something. And let me ask you, is there, is there anything wrong with wanting food? Food seems like a good thing to want, unless you want it too much, maybe. What about wisdom? Wisdom seems like a good thing to want. Genesis chapter 3 tells us of a story of a woman who wanted good food and wisdom. Now, we know the story, and... And, and already you're wrestling with yourself going, wait a second. She wanted something, something else. But the Bible said that when she realized, Eve, that it was good for food and that she would have wisdom, she took it and ate. Was there other things going on in her heart? Well, the, the accusation was that she would be like God. That's what the, the devil told her. So was that, that in there? I think that was in there. But wisdom and food is what Genesis chapter 3 says. Good for food and give wisdom too. How do you know if what you want is the right thing? Now, we know absolutely that for Eve, that was the wrong thing. Now this morning, you might have grabbed, and we, we, we call it an apple. I mean, I don't know, we don't know what fruit it was. The apple's had a bad rap ever since. But the forbidden fruit, and I'm thinking it might have been, you know, might have been, that might have been something better than that. But this morning, if you were, you, you might have grabbed an apple or a piece of fruit on your way to church, which would have been a better choice than what I grabbed. I grabbed a cinnamon roll. <laughs> and, and, and an apple or a piece of fruit this morning would have been a, a, a good grab. That's something, that's, that's something good to grab. But for Eve, there was something wrong with her desire. Let's talk about another group of people. The children of Israel wanted a king. 
And we're on this side of the story, or I go this side for you guys. We're on this side of the story looking back and going, oh, don't want a king. Well, they had just gone through the judges. And, you know, the judges, they helped, but long term they weren't very good. And then they'd go away, and then there wouldn't be a judge to rule the land, and they were doing all of this on their own. And they were looking around at the other nations that were prospering more than they were. And they, they wanted a leader. They wanted a king like the other nations. They had been attacked. And they said, we want a king. I don't know if I want anarchy. See, we, we look back and say, well, that's, that's a wrong thing to want as a king. Well, we know the story. Without a king, what do we have? We don't have, a, we don't have any government, so we have anarchy. And, the, and Judges talks about it. It says that everyone did that which was right in his own eyes. And there is the problem. People are sinful. We, we need help. We can't govern ourselves outside of God. And they were walking away from God. And so life wasn't good for them. So, so they wanted a king. England has a constitutional monarchy, along with Canada and Australia and New Zealand. That's Kind of, they have a king, but they also have a constitution, so it's it's a little different. We have a constitutional republic, or we used to. And other other countries, there there's still uh, kings and queens. I believe Norway is is the king and queen. And and is, isn't your cousin a prince? You got a cousin. Marilyn always told me about the prince and their family. But um, they just these are just governments. Is that okay? They wanted a king. For them, it wasn't the right thing. So the apple, the fruit, was the wrong thing for Eve. A king was the wrong thing for Israel. See, these choices were connected to something that made them wrong. I don't think there was anything wrong outside of God to want a king but God said I'm your king and they says no we want we want something else so something that can be good turns immediately bad when there's a directive from the Lord about it same situation with Eve now there's a third person I want to just talk about briefly and that's found both in the story in the books of Mark and, and Luke. Mark chapter 10 and Luke chapter 18. And Jesus was walking along. And there was a blind man who heard the commotion. I believe. Christ says, what's going on? What's going on? Jesus is coming by and he'd heard about Jesus. So he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And all the people tried to quiet him down. Shh, Jesus is coming. Just quit your hollering. And Jesus hears and he goes over and he walks right up to Bartimaeus. And he says, what do you want me to do? He asks the question, what do you want? And Bartimaeus, who was there begging. Now, he was 
sitting by the road, not looking for a healing. He was looking for a handout. But Bartimaeus understands who's sitting in front of him. And he says, not alms for the poor. Can you give me some money? He says, I want to see. And already his eyes are opening because he cries out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. He sees, he understands that Jesus is the Christ who has the power to heal. And he doesn't just want a hand up. He wants to see. Now that's a good thing. He could have chosen some other things. But he wanted to see. And he saw more than just physically. I believe his heart was opened and he saw Jesus and he saw the Christ. What do you want is a great question. And Jesus asks us this all the time. What do you want? I remember being in Ukraine in 2008. Sorry, in 1998. I've lost by a decade Scratch that from the recording. We'll edit it later. 1998, I was in Ukraine, and we were doing services. There were 16 churches we were preaching in. It was a wonderful couple of weeks. We opened a Bible college. We were there the, for the opening of a Bible college, and, and um, it was a wonderful trip. Very full, very full. And after a few days, we had been in in services and were praying for people and saw miraculous, miraculous things. I saw a KGB officer. I may have told the story and I guess you'll have to hear it again. I saw an ex-KGB officer come to Christ. But on top of that, what made it so spectacular is we were preaching and I was, we were out in the, in this quad area, if you will, in between all of the, the buildings and, and the buildings do so look the same in Eastern Europe. And we had gone to this little village and poverty was rampant. See, the wall came down, but nothing replaced it. And so what, when the government shut down, the mafia came in and, and life was horrible. People there were working for no pay, but wouldn't quit working in case the companies eventually were able to pay them. The people we stayed with hadn't earned a paycheck in three months, but he went to work every day. So it was poverty was rampant and life was not good in the former Soviet Union in, in Ukraine. So we're preaching and I was sharing through my interpreter and people were coming out of their buildings and coming to hear the message. And, and there, I saw this one man, he walked, he kind of paced around a little bit and he had a trench coat on and he walked over. And, and so I kept, kept preaching, but I'd look over there and you could tell there was a heated discussion going on. And so we finished, our, we concluded our, our open air preaching and did some music. And we started walking back to the bus. It was about a mile walk and, uh, you know, through fields and towns. And, um, and the guy was now accompanying us. And one of the people came up and said, did you hear the story? And I says, well, no. And he says, and he's got a smile on his face. The man in the trench coat now he has got a smile on his face. And he's walking and he's talking with the guys. And, of course, in Russian. And um, they said, this man is an ex-KGB officer. I said, oh, wow, that's really neat. He says, and he came down to kill you. He heard you preaching, 
And so he grabbed his gun and he came down to kill you. But he got saved instead, and now he won't let us walk to the bus without an armed escort. So he walked us back to the bus, and we got on the bus safely and went home. And so here we're in Ukraine, and, and things like that are happening, miracles, things that later, later we found out that there was a woman in a, in a building. We did a march. We, we, we're just doing a, a praise march and singing worship songs like we do with Mark Johnson, and, and we're doing these, and apparently... We didn't find this out until months later. Somebody up in like the 16th floor of one of the buildings heard. Now, I don't know if you've been to the 16th floor, but you can't hear very well from the ground. Heard the praises of God, was about to kill herself, gave her heart to the Lord, and then found the people and came to church and she was serving the Lord. So we're in the midst of Ukraine and miracles like this are taking place and we're, we're having great altar calls and ministry. And there was one night where we're at the altar praying for people and one of the guys was praying and a woman came up and says, I have, I have surgery next Thursday. Will you please pray for me? And so the person started praying and he says, Dear Lord, please give the doctors wisdom. And of course, this is through the interpreter and the interpreter would you know, interpret that. And the woman stopped the man of God. This is the invited guest. He's, he's the minister. And, they, and she stopped him and says through the interpreter, Sir, I don't want the surgery. She wasn't praying to, to bless the hands of the doctor. If you've ever had to have surgery in the former Soviet Union, you would know why. She was praying for a healing what do you want? See, we get lost and we will want things that maybe aren't what God is asking us and desiring us to want. She had it right. She wanted a healing. And sometimes we take the leftovers. Sometimes we take the alms instead of the sight. What do we want? Did you get what you wanted for Christmas? Are you getting what you want from your life? So time of reflection as we're going into this next year. There are many things in life, some good things and some bad things, and some things in the middle. We can call those neutral, if you will. And I believe that there are actually far more neutral things than there are bad or good. They're just things, whether they're plans or purposes or physical things. They're just things. And what determines whether they will be bad or good, fruit is fruit. But for Eve, it was bad. A king is a king. But for the children of Israel, it was the wrong choice. Perhaps it's the results that occur after being used or consumed that make something good or bad. You know, apples are yummy. I really like apples. Did you know there's a lot of research out there that says if you eat the core of the apple, along with the, the rest of it, and the, including the seeds, that it helps to kill cancer cells, rogue cancer cells, 
Now, I don't, I, the, and when we all have cancerous cells in our body. Is that correct? I'm, no, I want to make sure. I got a doctor. I want to make sure I'm not speaking out of turn. And, and there's a lot of research that says that these apple seeds actually can help cause or kill some of these rogue cancer cells. But if you eat too many apple seeds, and, and if it's a quite an abundance, I'd say probably more than 100, you can get poisoned and die yourself. Because in these apple seeds, is, it's a cyanogenic acid, cyanide. Apple seeds have cyanide in them. But just to trace them out. Now, now the debate is still out whether that is, that is true or not. But it could, you know, would be where the saying maybe came from, an apple day keeps the doctor away. It's the whole apple. There, there's healthful benefits in, in, in those as long as you don't eat too many. But if you do eat too many of those seeds, it's not good. Cherry pits, peach pits. Now, who would want to eat a cherry pit? This same fruit that's good can also be bad. There are some nuts, I think it's the cashew, that the fruit is poisonous, but the seed inside, which is the cashew, is yummy if you cook it right. number of things like that in life, in, in this life, we're constantly presented with choices, decisions, and opportunities. Well, is this a good choice? Is this a bad choice? Is this a neutral? What do we want? A lot of the decisions that we're presented with probably won't make much difference in your life. Coffee or tea? Do you want the window open or closed? Do you want to take North Shore or Big Bear Boulevard? Now, on any midweek morning... That's midweek, maybe at 10 or 11 o'clock. Doesn't matter. Today after church, if you have to go to town, hopefully you don't, you're not going to go down Big Bear Boulevard. Except you'll forget. You'll pass the signal. You'll get to the women's, the, the senior citizen center, and you'll stop. And then you'll wonder if you'll do that illegal U-turn. It was just a choice. Two weeks ago, it was just a choice. It really didn't matter. Today, it might matter. You can go up Division or go North Shore. We have choices all the time. What do you want? Some of these choices, do I want to move? Do I want to stay? comes time, though, some of these decisions that might not make a big deal turn into a big deal. That God might actually care whether you go on North Shore or on Big Bear Boulevard. You go, Pastor, are you really saying that God cares which way I go? Sometimes I believe he does. That if you take the wrong route, it could end in calamity. That's a, that's a big statement. You take the wrong route and, and something bad could happen. Pastor, really? I'm thinking the wise men. I'm thinking Joseph. They were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, so they went another route. Joseph, as he's coming back to the land of Israel, was warned, and so he didn't go to his hometown. He settled in Galilee. So at times, God intervenes into a decision that really wouldn't matter a whole lot. North Shore, Big Bear Boulevard. 
And he intervenes because he has a plan and a specific thing for you to accomplish or you to avoid. I remember driving on the, the, two, the 215 freeway when it was the only way to connect. You'd get, come off the mountain, go on the 215 and come down onto the 10, back before the 210 exchange there, which I love the new one. And we were coming back up 215, real close to Central Carousel Mall. It was Central City back then. And we're, we're driving on the freeway, Jeff Fisher and I, and, I and, and all of a sudden, he gets off the freeway. And we're going home. We're, we've still got, you know, 10 miles on the freeway. And all of a sudden, he's just getting off into one of the little, you know, Fifth Street or something, kind of a weird area. And I says, what are you doing? He goes, I don't know. Within a couple of minutes, we heard the sirens on the freeway. So we don't know if we missed being in an accident or just missed being held up. But he really felt led to get off the freeway. Can anyone say that's happened to me? A few of you. And, and you go, oh, that's weird happened so there are times when the decisions that you make well it might not be important god will tell you this is an important decision but i don't want everyone to to really freak out because this could get really disconcerting going do i have to like pray every time i order my food at the restaurant i mean like god do i get the blt or the reuben You know, you, and there was a movement, Pastor Floyd, I'm sure, would remember this. Some of you older people who've been in the church long enough would remember the discipleship movement. You guys heard about that? It, it got so intense. This was a, a movement, I believe it was in the 70s. I just heard about it, that there would be a discipler and a disciple. And the disciple would have to pray about everything. And, and they couldn't make any decisions unless God was moving. And... And even to the point of some of these people at nighttime, they'd go in front of their dresser and go, do I wear the blue pajamas or the red pajamas? And if they didn't hear from God, they would pick up the phone and call their discipler and say, which pajamas do I wear tonight? And the person would actually say, the blue ones, as if it mattered. Now, we, we, I don't want us to go and begin to get concerned that we're going to put on the wrong PJs and that we're going to disappoint God. Because when God wants to tell you something, He's big enough to tell you. It says that He warned the Magi and He warned Joseph in a dream. Now, I have some freaky dreams. Sometimes. I have some really weird dreams. And they don't necessarily warn me about anything. So if God wants to warn me and he used a dream to warn them and they understood it as a warning from God, we can rest assured that God is big enough to speak to you if you're listening. So we don't have to be too concerned that we got to start really vexing over which pairs of shoes to put on tomorrow. But what do you want? How do we determine if what we want is the right thing? Well, I want to be like the Magi, like Joseph. I want to hear his voice. I want to know if he's telling me to go this way or that way. I want to know when it's important. Whether I go to this restaurant or that restaurant. 
Have you ever had a divine appointment? That's that thing that you connect with somebody and are able, often it's over sharing or encouraging or witnessing. And it, and it just, the, the pieces that got you there are just amazing. And you go, wow, this was, it's a phrase we use. It's not a biblical phrase necessarily, but divine appointment. That's when you go, this was absolutely God. God cares. And sometimes that's because you're late and you miss the bus. And so you're sitting at the bus stop for an extra 10 minutes and somebody comes and you talk to them. Driving a taxi. I don't know if this ever happened. Robert used to drive a taxi and he had to go a different route or get stuck in traffic. And the conversation then goes to the Lord. I want to be open and close enough to God to hear his voice. So when he does direct me, I don't miss it. We have a lot to struggle with and fight against in this nation of what we want because the world is telling us what we want and telling us if we don't have those things that we're less than other people. So we have a a lot to fight about and we need to come back and find out how do we ascertain that what we want is the right thing to want. Micah 6, chapter uh, chapter 6, verse 8, is a great verse in there. And it's one of these verses, and you put a few of these verses together, and, and you begin to find what does God want. Micah 6, 8 says, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. I think when you read a verse like that, you need to grab on and read it. He has shown you what is good and what he requires of you. Let's find out. I don't see any new cars, better jobs. He says, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. It's pretty simple. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Do you think that the two verses that Jesus said are the greatest commandments fill in this here? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Walk humbly with your God. Do justly and love mercy. Love your neighbor as yourself. So what does God want? He wants our decisions to come out of these life verses. Love God. Love your neighbor. Do justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. This is the foundation and bedrock for the decisions that we're going to make and the things that we're going to determine what we'll do in 2014. Who's, who has got your resolution list already done? Anyone? Anyone going to do one this year? You know, some people do them. It's, it's, it, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it's that idea, okay, you know, we could get real personal. How many people are going to lose the weight that you gained over the holidays? Right? I mean, okay. There's, yeah, Sarah is going to lose. In fact, her weight loss plan, she is going to drop 20 pounds in the course of less than a week, drop 10 pounds in a day. We can't, we can't wait to meet that one. 
as we're gearing up and going into this next year, let's not get lost in, in just wild resolutions. But let's go back and say, what is going to hold me to the things that are important? What's going to help me to focus on wanting the right things? You know, some things I think that would be good for, for any of us in the room and in moderation to get healthy. You know, I don't think you need to pray about that one. Dear God, do you want me to get healthy? No. <laughs> Eat more Twinkies. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's, one, it's one way to make the return of Christ real for you in a quick way. But, you know, that's, that's an okay thing. Get healthy. You know, walk, eat better. Something that would be probably good for all of us is learn how to relax. You know, it seems like God might have told us this somewhere. Probably in one of those obscure law passages or something. You know, don't eat sell- shellfish and keep the Sabbath. You know, the Sabbath is one of the big ten. And Jesus clarified that the Sabbath wasn't, is made for man. Man wasn't made for the Sabbath. In other words, rest. This is for you. Slow down. Take some time. Learn how to relax. We, we, some people think, well, you know, recreation. You know, the, the word recreation is recreation. Do something that recreates you, that brings life back to you. I mean, re- relaxing doesn't mean loafing on the sofa watching movies all day, unless that recreates you. Do something that brings life and freshness back to you. That's, that's a good thing. But those are just some physical things. Getting your priorities straight. Remember the old bumper sticker says, he who dies with the most toys wins. Remember that one? Had a good friend, uh, Jeff Fisher. He he got saved and he turned into an animal for Jesus. And so he he put a bumper sticker on his car that says, "He who dies with the most to- toys wins nothing." And he had scripture on there. And that's not our priorities. Get ahead. I just want to get ahead. You know, getting ahead is fine. It's it's not a bad it's not a bad goal, if that's what God has for you. You know, there's ladders to climb and if god has that for you i'm i thank god for godly men who are serving the lord who are in corporate positions and positions of power and authority and finances that are doing things i thank god for them it's it's fine but is that what god has for you you know there was one person who got ahead in the bible and it turned out okay for him it was david he got a big ugly head with a beard on it a little slow on that one you know but what what does god want what are your priorities well don't get lost in your own find out what god's priorities for you are what does he want from you love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself those are going to help you get your priorities straight and so how are we going to know what god has for us we need to learn to hear the voice of god 
that's these other things are kind of easy, right? You know, well, we can you can probably get healthy and relax. Those things are going to help us in in our life, but we need to learn to hear the voice of God. And it's not as hard. Samuel chapter three gives us one of the ways we hear from God. We have Samuel, who's a young guy, and he's growing up in the temple now. And Eli's the priest, and Eli's sons aren't very good. And you got you got Samuel. He's growing up, and they're both laying down, going to sleep one night, and Samuel hears a voice. He hears his name being called Samuel. So he gets up, and he goes, and he finds Eli, and he says, yes, you called. And he says, I, and Eli says, I didn't call you. Samuel's thinking, you are getting old. You called me and forgot about it. So he goes back to bed, and he hears his name called again. So he goes back to Eli, you called. What do you want? Three times he does this. Three times until Eli, the third time, Eli goes, oh, that's not me. That's God. Go back. And if God calls you again, say, here I am, Lord, your servant. And so Samuel does and God speaks to him and he learns how to hear the voice of God from Eli. How can we learn to hear the voice of God? One of the ways is, is just that. Spend time with people who hear the voice of God. Spend time with them. They'll help you to learn how to hear the voice of God. How else? John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. We need to know the Word. We need to read the Word. And it's not a do, but if God's revelation of His character of his will is found in the word of God. And we're supposed to love God and walk humbly with God and serve God. How can we do that apart from knowing the word of God? Know the word, read the word. Hebrews 1.1 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. He's the word. And he, he comes alive as we read the word. Remember Psalm 119, the memory verses from when I was just a young Christian. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all of my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart. We have to have his word. We have to read his word and be, let the word Live inside of us. If you want to know what God wants of you, spend time in the Word. And spend time with God. With the God who wrote the Word. When you rise in the morning, when you're walking throughout your day, when the Bible says to pray continuously, I don't think we're supposed to be like the monks. They got it wrong. They just they put themselves in seclusion and pray 24 hours a day. I think that we pray continuously by having an ongoing relationship with the Lord. And, and, you know, today I think we're seeing a picture. Maybe this is the only good thing about what's happening with texting and social media. Because it's a pretty bad thing. I don't, we're texting too much. We're social media too much. But one of the things that you can get a picture with is you are now taking people with you everywhere you go. And throughout the day you're going, oh, we just did this and we just did this. And, and, you're, and you're communicating, some of you. Maybe, maybe not. I read your posts. I know which ones are doing it and which ones aren't. 
hashtag this and hashtag that. Hashtag lame sermon by Pastor Rob. <laughs> but, but if we approach God in the same way of going, wait a second, we're grabbing our phone constantly going, click a picture of this and look at the lights here and doing, what if we approached our relationship with God that at every moment, at any moment, we're going, wow, God, that's really awesome. That's amazing. And just made it a, a habit that we just talk to him throughout the day. And, and that we, we're in a continuous time of just knowing him. I think we're going to begin to hear his voice better. Walk with God. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So it's, it's, it's a step up from just the social media side because we're very disconnected when we do that. You know, most of the time when people are, are doing the social media, their heart, they're just doing information. So keep the idea that at, at all the times we can just be with God and, and talk to Him and, and have conversation, but keep the heart. Don't, don't degrade it to just a, okay, I'm going to throw out God a couple of bones and seek Him with your heart. You know, don't be afraid to sit down in the middle of a, a mall or a restaurant and just talk to Him for a minute even. Say, Lord, I'm going to go and make this purchase. You know, is that something you would not want me to do? Would you be willing for God to come in and tell you not to buy something? Maybe he's got something else in plan. Like, wow. Don't fret about, like, you know, oh, if I don't get a yes, then I can't buy it. And if, if I, I can't eat unless he tells me I can eat, he, if you're open, he's going to talk to you. He's going to direct you. His word is a light to your path, lamp to your feet. Get in the word, talk to him. But as we go into 2014, let's bring that question with us. How do we know if we're wanting the right thing this year? God, I don't want to want I don't want to want the wrong thing. And this seems good. What if Eve would have stopped and prayed, you know, Lord, this apple looks good for food and since give me some wisdom. And I've got somebody telling me it's a good thing to do. What do you think, God? We'd be in a whole different place, wouldn't we? Can we do that? Jesus, that's all we need. Father, as we're closing out 2013, we don't know what 2014 has in store, but we know the one who holds the universe, who holds 2014 in his hands. And as we go into this next year, we want to want the right things. We want our desires to be your desires. We don't want to get lost in all the things that come into our lives and lead us astray and tempt us. We don't want to get drawn away with commercialism or 
prosperity. Lord, we want what you want for us. So help us to hear your voice. Help us to make decisions out of priorities that are based in your word and based in our relationship with you. God, cause us to live in ways that are pleasing and open to you. Would you change our hearts so that we would allow you to have access and invite that access 24-7? Lord, we commit ourselves afresh to you this year. And Lord, we know that we can't, we can't do this on our own. We thank you for sending your son. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for the body of Christ that you are surrounding us with. Those who are walking this walk with us. Lord, we submit to you and we submit ourselves to each other. We thank you for the gifts that you've given us. We ask that you continue to guide and lead us. In Jesus' name.